Welcome to the Compelling Words Podcast. The Word of God is meant to move us. It's meant to call us to action. Listen in as Kevin Purdy teaches and presents a genuine and compelling message from the Word of God. Well, the end of the year is almost here, and everyone said, Amen. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody's going to be sad to see 2020 go. Uh, It's been quite the year. It's been a a very crazy, frustrating year. But maybe, maybe in the midst of it, there's been an occasional, an, an occasional good thing, something to be thankful for. For us, the highlight this year, obviously, was when Kyle and Charlotte got married. That was a highlight for 2020. Looking back, it's probably the only highlight for 2020. I don't know. Uh, you know, maybe in the midst of all of this, maybe you've had a couple blessings in the middle of all of this mess as well. I do think, I do think that 2020 has taught us a few things. Um, it has certainly taught us to be skeptical of our expectations. Because at this time last year, would anyone have anticipated that this is how the year would have gone? I don't think so. This was not on anyone's radar. No one would have guessed that a year later, we'd be sitting here wearing face masks, concerned about how distanced we are from one another, using hand sanitizer like crazy. No one would have guessed any of that. Sometimes the things that we anticipate and expect turn out to be unexpected. Back in the ancient days of the Old Testament, the people of God also had an expectation Prophecy told them that they should expect a Messiah. Isaiah 7.14 is an example. It says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Isaiah 9.6 says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders and he'll be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. The Old Testament is filled with all of this prophetic language, all of this prophecy that God would send a Messiah. God would give a Redeemer. The Messiah would be divine, God in the flesh. A Savior was coming to rescue the people of God. The prophecy was a promise. The prophecy was a message of hope. Things might be really bad right now. But things are going to get so much better because the Messiah was coming. The Messiah would come in power and the Messiah would bring victory. And they assumed, they expected that he would come with this great military strength. They assumed, they expected that he would raise up a rebellion and lead a revolt against the Roman occupation. They assumed they expected that their deliverance would be brought by their nation being brought back to power and status. So God's people waited. They waited for the hero that God promised would come. And somewhere around 6 to 3 BC, a miracle happened. And the Messiah that they were waiting for was born. 
Let's read that Christmas account to Luke 2, verse 1 through 20. Luke chapter 2, verse 1 through 20. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinus was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths, placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you to find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace to those whose favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. The angels announced this to this group of shepherds. They announced this good news. The Messiah was there. The Messiah had been born. But something something didn't seem quite right. Something didn't seem quite right. This was not how they expected that this would be. This was not what they expected. Have you ever been given an unexpected Christmas gift? You're excited, you're anticipating the gift, and then it's not what you expected. One year, I gave my brother for Christmas, I gave him a, a Ziploc bag filled up with all of my fingernail and toenail clippings from the entire year. <laughs> what, that's not a good gift? I put a little note on the bag that said, I know you always wanted a piece of me. So, I don't think that's what he expected. Focus on the family told a story about a little first grade girl. Uh, One day this girl at school, she noticed that another girl in class had a Christmas present on her desk. And it sat there for a few days and it looked so pretty. It was nice white glossy paper and wrapped with you know, red cellophane and a bow and a uh, ribbon and a bow. She kept thinking about that pretty Christmas present and she said, I was captivated. Thinking back, she said, I was captivated. I had never seen anything so exquisite. Day after day, this tiny gift caught my eye and my active imagination tried to guess what miniature treasure might be inside. I longed for that object with all the power that a little girl could muster. Finally, I became convinced that it should be mine. I deserved it because I desired it. Since I rode an early bus to school, it was a simple matter to slip into the empty classroom one morning. My hands eagerly tore open the tiny present, and inside I found nothing. What a letdown. Not what you expect. The prophecy foretold a Messiah... 
But when the Messiah was given, he, he wasn't what they expected. This isn't right. This isn't what I asked for. This isn't what I was hoping for. They didn't recognize it. They didn't realize it. But God was giving them not what they wanted, but what they needed. God had given them more than they could ever hope for. And shouldn't that be something that we remember this Christmas? We may not have everything that we want, but we most certainly have the thing that we need. Christmas can undoubtedly become a very materialistic, very superficial holiday. We put a lot of pressure upon ourselves to make the holiday perfect. We want the picture-perfect family on the Christmas card. We want the decorations to look just right. We want the dinner table filled up with a delicious and inspiring holiday meal. We want the right gifts given to the right people. We want to feel warm and good, and we want that joyful holiday spirit. We want, and we want, and we want, and sometimes we fail to consider what we have. Now, I certainly don't think it's wrong to hope for a great holiday. I don't think it's wrong to hope for a great holiday. I don't think it's wrong to go all in with the Christmas traditions and the celebration. I love Christmas. I love Christmas music. I love the big meals. I love the family time. I love giving gifts. I love getting gifts. I'll admit it. I love the wonder. I love the magic. I love the stories of Christmas. But more than anything, Christmas should remind us that it is God who gives us more than we could ever want. God has given us what we need. The nativity is not just some sweet story. It's not just a Christmas legend. The nativity is the reality of God's gift to us. Wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. The greatest gift ever given is the gift of Jesus. Why? Why was Jesus the greatest gift ever given? Because Jesus, whether we realize it or not, is what we all needed. I I don't know if you're like me, but sometimes I wrestle with Christmas. Sometimes I wrestle with Christmas a little bit because I I struggle between things that are fun and things that are practical. Sometimes I think it's better to give and to receive gifts that are just something fun, just something to enjoy. And sometimes I think it's better to give and to receive gifts that are practical, something that is useful. So let me do a a quick little survey. Who thinks that Christmas gifts should be something fun, something you want, something not necessarily practical, but just something to enjoy? Who thinks that's the way Christmas gifts should be? All right. Who thinks Christmas gifts should be practical, something useful, something... All right. Now here's the trick question. Who thinks they can be both? (laughs) All right. You know, when it comes to a Christmas gift, I think we have, I I think it's okay to have different opinions on what, if they're fun or practical or what they are. But when it comes to the gift of God, I am very glad, I am very thankful that God gives us something way more valuable than just something that we want. Unfortunately, one holiday tradition we have is overspending. We use our credit cards to buy now and pay later. Um, According to the lending tree, last year, 
Last year, on average, 44% of all Americans racked up an additional $1,325 in holiday debt. That means last year, on average, 44% of Americans increased their debt by $1,300 buying holiday gifts. The baby boom generation, born between 1946 and 1964, they averaged at about $600 in debt. They overspent by about $600. Generation X, born between 1965 and 1980, they took on about $2,000 in holiday debt. And the millennials, born between 1981 and 1996, took on about $1,200 in debt. Generation Z, which is born between 1997 and 2012, and Generation Alpha, born after 2013, they were not included on the survey. They're too young. (laughs) $1,325 last Christmas season added to the current debt. We know what it is to owe. Imagine. Imagine if this Christmas someone said, I'm going to pay off everything you owe. I'm going to pay off everything you owe. Credit card, paid off. Medical bills, paid off. Student loans, paid off. Car loans, paid off. House mortgage, paid off. Now, I think that would be a fun and practical Christmas gift. (laughs) That'd That'd be cool because it's so unexpected. It's unexpected because it's so big, it's so much, it's too much to expect. Well, that's exactly what God did when he gave Jesus. Jesus was the Savior, the Messiah, but he wasn't given to deliver a nation. He wasn't given to deliver us from a financial crisis, a monetary debt. He was given to deliver us from an even greater need, a greater debt. The greatest debt. The Bible says that because of our sin, we have earned death. Think about it like this. God made us, and he placed us in this world for a purpose. But we have turned our back against him. And we often ignore him or disobey him. We blatantly sin by breaking the standards of God... And we incidentally sin by failing the thing, to do the things that are right. Therefore, we owe God. We are in debt. And the only sufficient payment for the debt we owe is death. Romans 6 says, for sin earns us death. Romans 6 verse 23 also says, but the gift of God is eternal life. Through Christ Jesus. Jesus, as Neil shared at communion time, Jesus was born with a mission. His destiny was the cross. He was born to die for our sins. And on the cross, on the cross, our debt was paid. Our greatest debt was paid. Paid in full. Colossians 2.14 says, He canceled that debt which listed all the rules that we failed to follow. He took away that record with its rules and he nailed it to the cross. That's the gospel. 
That's the gospel that Jesus came and took our debt by going to the cross and dying for our sins. I can understand that theology. Jesus died as a sacrificial atonement. I understand that theology. His death was the act of propitiation that appeased the wrath of God. I can follow that. I understand that. His death reconciled us back with God. I get that. I understand that. Technically, I could put together all of that theology, and I could somewhat get my head around how it works. But what I don't think anyone will ever be able to explain to me is why. Why did God choose? Why did God choose that that would be the way he would save the world? The musical group for him wrote a song written from the perspective of the man who became the earthly father of Jesus. It's written from Joseph's point of view. And in the song, Joseph asks the question, why? Why would God choose him? Why would God choose him, just an ordinary, simple man? Why was he chosen to raise the Messiah? But there's also a line in the song that strikes me right in the heart. It's a statement that's made, but it comes from a question. And the question is, why? And you can hear that question when the song says, this is such a strange way to save the world. I don't get it. Such a strange way to save the world. It's completely unexpected. It's certainly undeserved. We have a Lord, a Savior, who loves us that much. Max Lucado put it so well when he wrote this. He said, if our greatest need had been information, God would have sent an educator. If our greatest need had been technology, God would have sent a scientist. If our greatest need had been money, God would have sent us an economist. But since our greatest need was forgiveness, God sent us a Savior. Given in the most unassuming, unexpected way. A humble birth laid in a manger. God in the flesh. Our greatest need. Please stand with me as I pray. God, we thank you this morning for giving your Son... He was not the Messiah that the world expected. He was so much more because he became the sacrifice for our sins. He redeemed us with his blood and he canceled the debt that we owed. This Christmas, God, may we realize that in the abundance of all the gifts being given, the greatest gift was given through Jesus. Our greatest need has been met. May we live our lives reflecting the grace that we've been given. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. Please take a moment to rate this podcast. And if you'd like to leave a comment, please send an email to c.wordspodcast at gmail.com. May the word of God be living and active in your life.